Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters Podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fetsky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Sham Dalakia, Senior VP of Medical Affairs and Clinical Operations at CareDX. How are you, Dr. Dalakia? Oh, I'm very well, Sean. Um, feel free to call me Sham. Thanks. Uh, so let's, you know, get right into it. And, uh, you know, can you tell us what CareDX is and what's the, you know, technology solution that you offer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, CareDX is a precision medicine company that's solely focused in the exciting field of, of transplantation. And transplantation within itself, I think, is pretty revolutionary in being so young with the first sort of kidney transplant done by Joseph Murray only back in 1954, the first heart transplant only done in 1967. And so the evolution of this specialty across the globe has been really very sort of rapid and accelerated. But what KDX really does is bring new sequencing technology to this field and really sort of augment and impact the graft survival and patient outcomes within the field of transplantation. So... It, you, so by sequencing technology, do you mean, is it uh, patient matching? Yeah, I mean, I think what's very interesting is that when you are transplanting a patient, it's something that's not a natural phenomenon. You know, looking at a donor or often a deceased person that's chosen to donate and given that gift of life to another human being. And so matching mm -hmm. is part of that process. Uh, CareDX is part of the portfolio. We have the best sequencing technology to allow those best matched organs to sort of happen. And we know very sh with the evidence that's been built that better matched organs in general have better outcomes. But that being said, there isn't a perfectly matched organ for every patient. And so augmenting that aftercare and making sure that when patients have that transplant, giving that organ and patient the best chance of survival and the best possible outcome is where some of the tools that we have in our portfolio really sort of make that delta of care. Okay, sounds great. And then, so can you speak a little bit um, to the challenges uh, that are involved with transplant and how your technology helps to address those challenges? Absolutely. I mean, so that when patients are getting transplanted, they're often with a, an end organ failure. And so if you take, for example, the kidney patient, they're often, you know, as the kidneys start to fail, having dialysis two to four times a week, and that can either be through hemodialysis plugged into a machine where they lose half their week tied there, or they're having it at home through other means. If they're a heart failure patient that needs to have a heart transplant, they're very, very poorly at that end of time. And so transplant really is their second chance and, and often coined as the gift of life, and people look at it very much as a gift. And so what we're trying to do here is that as we go through this process and we're going through this impact where it's been shown that the act of transplantation not only improves outcome for patients, but it's very cost effective to the health systems in general is to say, how can we reach that sort of holistic goal, which everyone that's involved with transplantation wants to reach, which is one organ for a patient for the life of that patient. And what we're trying to do now is to say that 
since the time that transplant has evolved from using the same drug combinations that we've had for the last 20, 30 years, the same way we've been doing these operations, of sort of learning about how the immune system is working, is to say, how can we unlock the power of genomic technology and sequencing technology now using NGS and sort of get new insights into what's happening in these transplant patients, but also develop non-invasive solutions to really augment their care. I mean, I think the exciting proposition we have here is to say, imagine you, you, you can prevent with a simple blood test an invasive procedure like a biopsy, but more importantly, that you, with these simple tests, you, that you can either be taken from your own home with our own service, like RemoTrack, or within your local you know, phlebotomy clinic, wherever that may be, that the clinician has real-time information about what's happening to your allograft that's not seen with any other blood test that really helps you understand the risk of that patient and act early. So w what are the actual components of your, of your solution? I mean, I'm assuming there's some sort of uh, algorithm that helps, that helps uh, match it, but you know, what, are the, what are the actual elements of your, your technology? It's a great question, Sean. And, and what we tend to do is really follow that patient journey. So we build solutions that look at the pain points all along that patient journey, but also the health system that sort of looks after those patients along that journey. And so we take that first step of having highly matched um, organs by using our uh, solution, TX18, where we can really use NGS to give the best possible matched organs there. And then for the post-transplant surveillance period, we use a combination, a multi-modality combination. Physicians, patients, surgeons, we all look at lots of different pieces of information and we aggregate that information together to be able to understand what's truly happening to the patient. And so we use a number of different tools and technologies to sort of give that real-time information. For kidney transplant, we call that bundle kidney care, which is basically combining the idea of donor-derived cell-free DNA with our product Alashore that gives us information about the graft in real time and can quantify graft injury by measuring small fragments of cell-free DNA in the blood through these simple blood tests. We also have a gene expression portfolio that looks at what the immune system is doing. These patients are on lifelong immunosuppressants, and so understanding how active or inactive the immune system is, whether it's mounting a response that may be potential rejection against the, the organ is something that's very important. Our you know, portfolio for gene expression starts with Alamap, which in heart transplant is our FDA cleared solution that is now the standard of care for heart transplant and now has also entered the kidney transplant arena. And then combining all of this molecular information with the clinical picture is really sort of the foray of where we are at ClearDX here. And so using smart algorithms such as iBox to sort of aggregate and pre create predictive risk models and combining the idea of AI and machine learning using molecular information combined with clinical information to help the practitioners and patients understand what is the risk today, what is the long-term risk, and what is the impact of the interventions that you're doing in terms of the outcome for these patients? So with your system, are you, you know, obviously you're, you're tracking medical, uh, um, you know, or, or I should say patient, you know, matching uh, metrics. But are there also other metrics such as, you know, geographic location and distance that uh, an organ would would need to be uh, would need to travel to get to a suitable donor, or is, you know, are, are you matching 
geographically as well as, you know, for best, best patient. But are those factors also, do they also play a part, or is it more about just getting the biology right? Yeah, I mean, I think these are great questions. Again, when you look at sort of looking at the geography of where organs are, it's a big sort of dilemma for transplantation in general where there's an organ shortage and so there's not enough donor organs to go around to meet the recipient's needs. And so there's more people on the waiting list than there are organs available. And so what there are a number of different, you know, ideas and, and of, of how to get more organs to those patients. But where we really actually understand the value is that regardless of the type of organ that's being put in, how do you keep that organ viable? And how do you keep that organ happy and healthy and also the patient happy and healthy? And so whether you've had a deceased organ or a living donor organ or an organ that's been sourced locally or has come from far away, once you've gone through that process of transplantation where you've had the operation, you've taken all these new medicines, your immune system went from normal down to you know, immunocompromised because you're now having these medicines to stop potential rejection, you want to really keep that patient well. And so you're walking along this tightrope around, are these patients going to get an infection? Are they going to get rejection? Are they going to get side effects from all these medicines that you're giving them? How do I know that this patient is doing well? Do I need to be seeing them frequently? Should I be seeing them less frequently? And so what the tools that really allow you to do is to have that leading indicator. All of the blood tests that we've traditionally used in transplantation have been lagging indicators. We always look at the change in the standard blood work and then react to it. And so at that point, the house is already on fire. You know, we change for a look in the change of the creatinine, and the, you know, and the creatinine is basically telling you an injury has already happened. We see proteinuria. We see changes in, in blood work for heart transplant or liver function tests. And so it's telling you after the insult has happened. This basically unlocks that proposition and moves it further along. And so we can now see things much earlier and act faster before the other changes are happening. And that to clinicians is a very exciting prospect. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like the the you're moving from reactive to proactive from what what the medical community is is accustomed to, and given that, like you said, there's such a high demand, given there's a limited source. Um, I mean, it's obviously a problem that that would ideally be resolved through donation, more people donating, but that's, of course, a different issue. Um, and we may hope to resolve it one day with being able to 3D print uh, living tissue or living organs, but we're still too far away from that. Um, it sounds like you're really uh, addressing an issue proactively rather than reactively, which helps uh, with that supply. Absolutely, and you have to remember these are very high-value patients that because the resource is so precious and the cost of going through transplantation is significant, we know that that's cost-saving in the longer term, but we want to make sure that, you know, how do we now change the, the life for those patients in that time? Well, you know, you have to remember that as much as we regard transplantation as, as a better treatment, it's regarded as a replacement therapy. You know, that average kidney transplant lasts about 10 years. The average heart transplant lasts about 12 to 13 years. And so how could we now push the envelope and get all of these organs to last 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and really sort of then there's more organs to go around for other people because you're not needing to have retransplants done. And so this is really the, the value proposition that we're bringing. And with these 
these tools and portfolios, what we're able to see, as you say, is really be more proactive about it, but really understand how can we now really truly deliver personalized therapy. And part of that is really standardizing that care, but giving the insights to say that if you can see things early and where they're coming from, then you can develop plans and react in a much more effective manner. In, in your research and in, in, you know, serving, serving the, these patients, have you found that there are certain patients that just are able to be matched more easily than other patients? Are there some patients who, you know, almost like blood type where there's, you know, there's higher, there's certain blood types that can be, that can accept other blood types and there's certain blood types that can only, you know, take their blood type. Do you find there's certain patients with, with organ transplants kind of the same where certain patients have much more, uh, uh, they have more options open to them because of their match, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, there's, so we, you know, there's, there are different, different types of risk in terms of matching. And so some people are easier to match then some people are uh, sort of harder to match. And this is part of that wait list management tool. So we also have predictive analytics around this wait list management and quality tools. So we have something called ZinQuapi, which we help transplant centers and really partner with them to help them sort of navigate that wait list management and really look at all of the information in that way to say, how can we possibly give each patient on the wait list the best possible organ, but also make sure that they're on the list for the shortest amount possible. I mean, I think what's a, a really humbling reality today is that people are dying on the wait list, that you can be waiting for an organ and because you're not a match, how do you now get the right treatment or that potential second chance at life? And in this instance, maybe putting an, an organ that's maybe not well matched after the transplant increases your overall risk your risk of rejection, your risk of infection, your risk of bad things happening. And so if you're having one of these organs put in because you know that the alternative is death on the wait list, then you really want to make sure that you're keeping a hawk's eye on these patients. And right now, the tools that we've historically used haven't been good enough. But that value proposition is changing with Alashore, Alamap, iBox, and the kidney care portfolio that we're bringing. We're now able to see things in a way that we, and stratify that risk in the way that we haven't been able to do. And that's really the, the clinical utility that we're continuing to build. And, and we're validating this through large multi-center trials. And you know, changing a standard of care is something that's very challenging, but it's also very exciting. And it's really been well embraced by all aspects of the transplant community. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds, it's, it's definitely exciting that you can, because you can identify those harder uh, match patients, the, the more challenging patients, you know, when that, when that perfect match does come along for a patient that's, you know, classified in that way, you know, it, it makes sense to kind of match them with, with the available uh, organ. You know, I don't want to say regardless of where they are on the wait list, but because they're a challenge, when you do find that perfect match, it, re it really makes it a priority match, or it would seem to. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, as we, 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 you know, what we're really trying to do is to say that how can we partner with 
uh, all of the sort of other people in the transplant ecosystem. We have a saying at KDX where it says, you know, it takes a village. And so we leaders work with leaders. So we have partnerships with Illumina, you know, Amazon as our cloud provider, really sort of integrate with these hospitals through their EMRs. And so Cerner and Epic, and really sort of have these best partners, but also have the ideas that are really causing the true pain points across that system. Talk to patients. What do they need? What do they want? build a solution that they actually is going to change and make a difference to them. Talk to the doctors that are looking after these patients, the nurses, the physiotherapists, the pharmacists, and really understand that how can we change that workflow in a way that's helpful to the system, that's cost-effective, but ultimately helpful to the patients and giving them that better outcome. All right. Well, th thank you very much for that explanation of, of CareDx and the you know giving us a, a a fantastic perspective of how it's improving the uh, the you know patient matching for for organ transplant. Uh, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. Uh, so until next time, I'd like to say to everyone out there, thanks for listening.